When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Raf from Bristol, and you're listening to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is... Do you think that in this time of where so much is going on in the world and it's all at our fingertips, that maybe our lack of activism is due to the fact that despair takes less energy than hope? Okay, here comes the show. And remember, question everything. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything. It's a podcast where myself, comedian and writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer. Hello! And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from. We are talking everything from Raf from Bristol's question Do you think the lack of activism in the world is because despair is easier than hope? Um, Dane, I mean, that's it's not the most, I wouldn't say it's the most cheerful start, but maybe that says something about the question uh, or me. Oh, uh, no, no, it's, um, it's, 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 inter- it's an interesting question. I'm not sure if I can answer that succinctly, but what I'd say to Raf is, is that. Um, um, the hope that comes from despair normally leads to activism. Now that is a fucking killer answer that fits perfectly into this section of the show without without, <laughs> without turning into a 15-minute bit about um, what is obviously a very good question, Raph. But um, no, that's a brilliant answer and a brilliant question. And suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dave? Absolutely. No question is too big, too small, too highbrow, too lowbrow. And if you do enjoy hearing the questions and you do like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode. Or subscribe to us on ACAST, the world's largest podcast network, where you can see all of the special questions from our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show, our guest is a comedian and writer. He is the creator and host of the Care Home Tour and the Addiction Clinic. He has also sold out shows at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Brighton Fringe, Vault Festival, and Leicester Comedy Festival, to mention a few. His debut book, I'll Die After Bingo, a funny memoir about elderly care, drug abuse, and comedy, will be released by Penguin Ebury in 2022. Please welcome to the show, Pope Lonergan. Hello. Hello. Hi, Pope. So, How are you Pope. Doing? Yeah, hello. Um, when, I should also include one of one also one of the coolest names in comedy, as well as my own. Pope Lonergan. I mean, how? I mean, this is not the main question, but like, talk me through souvenir shops at theme parks, Pope. How? How many times? <laughs> how many times? Like, you would be like, oh, not this time, not this time. And then the one time at school that we're going to the Vatican City, you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, I, do you know what? I I, I need to come up with uh, an an origin story for the name, right? Uh, because I actually, it's a name. It's not an actual name. It is my dad uh, uh, was a Catholic, but uh, he's a Catholic, but uh, he didn't actually give me that name. But I've got no, I've got like no cool reason for choosing that name. It's literally like a placeholder name that then Richard Gad said, just use that name. And then I went, oh, right, I'll just use that name then. So I sorted. And then just started going, there's no Pope Lonergan. There's, no, there's nothing to it. Um, it just, yeah, it was, you know, like Beck, when he sung the song uh, Loser, he said yeah. he just went to a recording studio, sung a bunch of nonsense, had the tune or whatever, and then the nonsense became the thing itself. That became the song. Just the same with the name. Um, but I definitely need to find a better story uh, than that. Uh, to, to, to I, 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 think, I, think you should, I think you should change it. I think you should do it like the Joker does it. So every time somebody asks, you just tell a different version of the same sinister story. So you could be like, my father was a Catholic, dedicated to him. He couldn't get enough of confession. <laughs> One night. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the idea of like uh, sort of self mythologizing anyway and kind of working with it and tweaking it. And Aphex Twin, like R- Richard D. James, he's got the same birthday as me and he's someone I, I kind of really love um, and uh, like, yeah, it just really fascinating person. And he's all done that for years. He's always had that, uh, played tricks on journalists about, uh, about everything, about every aspect of his life. So it's so slippery now, the, the truth and untruth of Aphex Twin that no one really knows anything about him. He, and yet, if he ran for president, I would still feel more confident than America's <laughs> last president. That's what's so yeah. crazy about it, is that despite exactly. how all these stories meander and mislead, I'm still like, I'm more inclined to believe that guy is a genuine guy. That's the, kind of, that's the state of the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the state of the world. Yeah, he's quite nice for a celebrity or a person in the public eye to be undefined, to be mysterious. That's, that's, that's a good commodity. People seem so desperate to tell people every detail of their fucking life. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want you to know. Like, that's kind of... Hold a bit back, yeah. I mean, the problem is I'm very much of my generation. Uh, I am a pathological discloser. And, uh, but it's kind of something (laughs) I've got, it's kind of something I've got from my mum. Like she's like an unapologetically bullshit Essex mum and kind of, you know, no, there's no boundaries. Uh, there's just always like, tell mummy everything, tell mummy everything. She's going to the shop telling the lady who do her nails, uh, about my, uh, like my years of drug addiction apropos of nothing. Like they never (laughs) and so we're now whenever she goes in there they always go how is your drug son that is uh how (laughs) (laughs) and you think she the thing even then you think she'd go he's doing fine but she goes well (laughs) 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 normally normally mums go he's taking it a day at a time but she's like well, actually, <laughs> this week. <laughs> it's always that scenario there where you're like, I kind of don't want to be, you know, like you're, I've, 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 I've some context about who your mum is, Poe, because we've, we've worked on something in the past <laughs> involved your mum. And, um, you know, I, I kind of like that person that tells you more information than they need to tell you. But the only problem is if they're telling you it, telling you it at a time when you don't have the time to fucking hear it. So it could be like, yeah, that awkward scenario where you, you know, you think you'll make conversation with someone in a shop, right? Just because you, you want to be nice to the person who's being, giving you the thing that you're buying. And then within like, you're like five minutes later and you're like, fuck, I've really made a fucking mistake. I shouldn't have asked them how they are. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, a bit of an error. I think, I think that you should have tills like that. Tills, you know, the tills that have like 10 items or less, they should also be for like 10 words or less. <laughs> so you have to keep keep it small talk so like yeah, if people are in the yeah. Q&A they're like well you know I t- uh, madam there are only so many it's, it's just how are you how's the family and how's the weather in this line if you want to start gas bagging you'll have to go all the way down to the end with all the, with all the other lonelies well um, you know what that perfect time to say it's probably time for a question isn't it Dane as the uh, format of this show dictates Absolutely, and Pope as our very esteemed guest, we welcome you to the show, and we welcome you to ask our first question, which can be any question you'd like, which we like to discuss for about 15 minutes or some change. Then uh, Howard, as my co-host, will then ask another question, which we'll also discuss. Then lather, rinse, repeat, I will do the same, and we can discuss that question for about 15 minutes or so. And then we'd like to leave a little window for you to let our good listeners find out where they can find out more about your good works. How does that sound? Perfect, perfect. Lovely. Um, well, the floor is yours, okay. sir. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll just a little bit of context for this. Um, so it's uh, me, me and my mama had this discussion. So I, I, it's a bit of a nasty joke, but I'll, I'll put it out there anyway. We were talking about uh, there's these babies that have got something called anencephaly, um, and it means they haven't got a brain. They're basically born with, without a brain, or they just have a brain stem. So they have the same sort of cognition as, and this is. Uh, really offensive to say this, but it's sort of a truth to it. They basically got the same cognition as a worm, uh, which is like a bundle because the worms just got like a bu- uh, bundle of nerve cells, like a ganglion. Anyway, so I made a joke to my mum, a kind of shock factor joke to purposely like get going. Oh, don't say things like that. Um, and I said, oh, it's fine if you're going to punch down uh, and mock the weak, so to speak. Like, really go for it and just like 
have a go at anencephalitic babies. I said because the dead after dead, the dead after a day part of anencephaly means they struggle to form actionable pressure groups anyway. So they're not gonna. There's no. There's no backlash <laughs> against that. You have a go at Brayla's baby. You're done with, right? Then me and launch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine it's fine uh, uh but anyway so then that actually turned into quite a, an interesting thoughtful discussion about the idea of personhood and mm. what at what point does a person become a person or what is yeah what is like kind of the starting point of sentience when does mm. a, a person become a person wow. uh, because and there's actually been it's... legal stuff legal wrangling with yeah, regards yeah. to anencephalitic babies, about mm-hmm. that they're not legally persons. We, no, we never, we've never talked about that on this podcast, have we, Dane? And, and uh, it is, uh, the, when does life begin is a big debate. It depends what we're defining as life versus sentient life, aren't we? Because it is, it is the idea of having a consciousness, because that's obviously what distinguishes, uh, uh, how do you say again, en- encephalitic child? And then, yeah, baby? And then, I think... Baby? And, 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 uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and encephalate, yeah. And, and encephalate. So, I mean, that they can still perform life processes that just don't have any cognitive function, right? Or, or like a worm, you know. So, that I mean, a worm is still alive, right? So, but then, but like I said, it's all we're defining as a person. The thing is, I feel like person seems to be more of a legal definition than anything else, rather than a biological one, um, because uh, I guess a large part of justification for atrocities particularly in America, for example, are based on the fact that they wouldn't classify the chattel slaves as people and refer to them as free fits of a human being in order to legitimize their actions towards their slaves. So I guess the definition of a person is largely based on, yeah, it's, there's more of a legal, uh, I guess it's more of a, it's more of a legal definition than anything else. It's a very challenging conversation, right? Because ultimately, um, the bit that I always think about it is 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 the the kind of def- definition of happiness and kind of like feeling, right? Feeling is what kind of comes into this, right? We we look at people's existence as you know this kind of life of, of feeling things, and you know you, you, there are there are uh, stages of the you know uh, pregnancy or you know kind of procreation where you know no one would well most people would claim that this is not a sentient being but obviously once you start getting god involved as the uh the right wing of um christianity in america tends to um well that's their job isn't it really uh that's kind of all their they're, they're well into that aren't they um but um it becomes it becomes a bit difficult it becomes a bit difficult to try and you know well it's again engage i think it's back down to the legal definition again because the same people will use the definition of a person and the inherent rights or observations you have to make when dealing with a person as a uh, within the legal system varies depending on who's making the laws. Because the same people who would say that they're pro-life are the same people a lot of time in states that also support a death penalty, which in itself is a paradox. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would say maybe the semantics of it would be the definition of a person would be when that person imprints and encounters other people. What do you think, Pope? You're, you're the you're the poser of the question. Uh, yeah. Where do you take it? Uh, I think yeah. So I think that Dane, you make an excellent point about uh, the, the just the idea of personhood is more like a legal concept, and what what how do you define a legal entity? And it goes into yeah, see, like the Americans. I don't know. It, I don't know why the abortion debate has kind of really caught fire over in America, but it's never really been like a, um, a, a kind of a, a tentpole, a rhetorical tentpole within, yeah. uh, w- w- within kind of uh, rhetoric within, um, uh, in, in, over in the UK or England, right, maybe in Ireland, but not, not, not so much in England. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, there's a point like as a baby, like there's a point where you're, you're basically just like a yogurt. Like there's a point where yeah. you're just like a, a schmutz. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. you're just like like a yogurt. That, you're just a yogurt that can blink, um, and there, there is a point in that. But then it's. I think you make a good point in like uh, the, like you have like the material self, and then you have the social self, and then you have the spiritual self, 
and yeah. the social self is obviously how your uh, uh, how how your how your life and your mind intersects with other people. But then the reason I talk about it is having worked in elderly care for nine and a half years and worked with people who have you know the neurodegenerative uh, diseases and stuff, which you know can impact different parts of the brains. There's you're, you're constantly negotiating a kind of a, 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 a you're constantly negotiating kind of these these ethical dilemmas yeah. and trying to you know kind of change the goalposts of like between in what what is like normal interaction um what is even mm. like ideas like what is cons- what is consent and all this kind of stuff. It's such a murky yeah. thing. I've, I've 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 written about it kind of at length, and I've never. I don't think there is a definitive thing. I think that's that that, that that's the problem. This is this is the thing that you know whether it's we're talking about humanity or personage or like well quantum theory. That there is no theory of we're still trying to find the theory of relativity basically. Mm. Um, yeah. Even when it comes to even when it comes to human consciousness, because. Uh, you know, some people would refer to maybe certain emotions and certain instincts um, may take precedence over certain cognitive functions. But then, you know, when we talk about being guided primarily by your instincts, then that's referred to having a lizard brain where the drive is only for self-gratification. Because if you take that state of uh, what's referred to as a lizard brain, most children, as you said, because they're not, they, they don't have the cognitive function to do so, are not conscious of other beings. That's why children don't give a shit if you're tired, they're hungry, go fuck yourself, I want to be fed. Whereas, <laughs> and, and, and that's only rightfully, and that's not because, and even though, you know, if, and if you were to attribute that, if you were to see that same behavioural trait in an, a human being, they would be described as maybe selfish or arrogant or boorish if someone's like, I don't give a shit, I'm hungry. Like, so, like, for example, if you're a guy and you say that to your wife, then you'd be a misogynist and a chauvinist. But if you're a one-year-old, everyone's like, well, he's just hungry. It, um, even though you're displaying <laughs> the same absence of, uh, uh, I guess, consideration for someone else's feelings. I've got, I've got an instance with my kid. Um, this, you know, I've told the listeners many times about the bloke that lives here now. He's, he's nearly he's 14 months old, right? Which is, sounds a lot when you say it, but you realise that's not, obviously. Uh, and he, you know, he's got this thing now. When I open the door, we go for a walk, and I come back and open the door, you know, I, I take the keys out, open the door, and he just wants the keys, right? He just wants my keys, and he realises they open the door, but he doesn't quite understand how they open the door. And then he takes the keys from the front door to the back door and f- pisses around with them there and then comes back to the front door and pisses around. And he'll do this repeatedly for about half an hour. Now, if you gave me anyone, Dane, any of you who did this in my life, I would be like, mate, you are so fucking <laughs> annoying. <laughs> like, this is the stupidest thing the keys don't, you don't even, you're not even putting it in the lock. You're just banging it against the door. You're an idiot. And, and yet what he's showing me is this incredible progress that he understands that something, you know, almost like a magic trick, like something opens the door. It's remarkable to him. And that progress, which, you know, in the, let's say that's happened in the last two or three months because he started walking, he's starting, you know, all this. But there was a period of time before this, the first six months, he is just a blob who does nothing. Yeah. He is just a useless. You know, I didn't really. I don't know. I disliked him, but there wasn't that much to like about he was, him. He was, he, a yoga. he was a yogurt. He was a yogurt. Yeah, he was a yogurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that this is so. This and, and, is so fast. It's apparently uh, so. Kids, it's up until the age of talking about like normal uh, d- d- developmental standards. It's up until the age of four that basically under about three years old and under they see the rest of the world as like a prosthesis as like an extension of themselves they don't understand that there's experiential uh, uh like division they don't understand that and so like i was I, 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 a guy i work uh, i i care for who's he's, he's actually a year old than me but because of uh he had severe meningitis he's um had a sort of a, a arrested development. So he's got this kind of cognitive function of somebody who's, who's a lot younger. And he, yesterday, like he, he likes 
I, I, my whole job is to kind of facilitate a uh, a controlled rampage to kind of wear him out and for us to be a bit boisterous and like go up and down like uh go up and down slopes and go a bit mad in his wheelchair and all that kind of stuff but um so he likes anything that's a bit kind of uh, antic or like a minor spectacle and but occasionally he'll do his thing where he'll like get a sticker saying he'll whack himself in the head and he'll go ow like that and then he'll go to me why aren't you ow why aren't you owl? Like, why aren't you mm-hmm. owing? Because he can't understand that I'm not, I'm not feeling it differently to him, or he's feeling it differently to me. He thinks of like, well, I felt that, and you're you're part of this as well. That is so. so that's you must really, have felt it. Yeah. That's fucking fascinating. But you know, there's, to me, there's maybe there's something more profound about that. Like, and I just want to say, yeah, my these theories are based. Uh, these theories are all musings from a fucking comedian. For anybody listening, but <laughs> here, so here goes. But it's kind of like, obviously, you said there are aspects of his uh, cognitive functions which have been diminished through meningitis. And so, you know, when they say, like, if you lose one of your five senses, the other ones become more attuned. So in this instance, like, it could be that he's maybe some emotional centers within his brain have become heightened. He is reading functions within your face, maybe how you react to things, like you said, being a bit boisterous, meeting him at these emotional levels because other parts of cognitive function, he's not able to communicate in that fashion. So. By him hitting himself and saying, Al, because he is aware of a more empathetic link in terms of how you guys communicate with each other, that's probably why he's like, how come you don't Al as well? Because, um, yeah. Did that, so in, in, a, in a sense that like, when you look at how other people act out on like social media, for example, a lot of time people will engage in these kind of displays or even people who engage in maybe self-harm. It's, I think they're all facets of the same instinctual need for human beings to imprint on each other. Uh, it's because like the automatic when you when you uh, uh, he's doing something and expecting me to experience the same thing as he's experiencing uh the conclusion we might draw from that is oh he's you know he, he's got a kind of limited cognition uh yeah. he's quite he's quite myopic he's only yeah, in his yeah, own yeah. head he doesn't have that but you're it's actually the complete opposite that. it could be the opposite like, that he, so, he completely understands so, yeah yeah, that's the center of his emotional intelligence. Um, because I, I think there's the Harvard is the uh, psychology. I think his name is Gardner, but it's like these types of intelligence, including like spatial, kinesthetic, and like emotional intelligence. That where he's lost the other other functions, this has become more heightened. So he's like, so in the same way that he's saying, "Why well, you know, Al?" It's like when comedians go on stage, you go, "I've recently become single." And if the crowd doesn't respond, they go, um, hello. And everyone goes, "Ah," then they go, "Thank you." <laughs> so it could be the very same cognitive function. Just that, you know, he lacks the same tools to kind of articulate. So the thing, so I guess kind of trying to dovetail the whole thing, when it comes to like what we consider to be person, people, I think that's more of a, uh, for me, that's the same function as like, you know, human beings having the same semantic discussions or existential discussion. It's it's an existential discussion about human beings in terms of existentialism versus um, our, versus, I guess, society and, and, uh, and legality. Where like where a person begins is not. I don't think it's the same narrative as when life begins. So even if a child has no cognitive function, it's essentially a worm. You know, we respect life. It wouldn't. Be, it would be seen to even be distasteful if someone just went around killing worms wholesale just for the sake of it. So yeah, um, man. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I save worms. I like save worms. I like yeah. make, see a worm knocking about. I'll save it and put it in a safe space. I've never never killed anything. Not even flies. Don't even kill flies. Um, uh, mm. You know, on purpose. I'm kind of really strict with that. And uh, I, I think it's a. I mean, I'm. I always say like I'm an etherealist rather than a materialist because mm. like it's mainly because I realise there's uh, 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 limitations in the sort of science and in the, 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 the way that science can make, um, you know, make sense of the world. Um, yeah. But, there, but then there's, you know, there's people who have a lot more advanced understanding of scientific, uh, you know, scientific theory and that who will say like, just, just because we don't quite know, it, it doesn't mean it's not there. There, there will be a method of understanding the, of this and yeah. working out in, in an empirical way. We just haven't reached it yet. And I'll like, stuff, I like yeah. to say, I think there's stuff that will always be beyond our understanding, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day, Pope, maybe one day. Hey, mate, yeah. who knows? Yeah, that's it. That's it. But what a great question. No, Dane. Hey, that's really, a beauty. really, really good. Really good. Well done, well done, Pope. You nailed, you nailed it, mate. I just um, want to apologise um, for all the. I just want to apologise to all the anencephalitic babies out there who are listening. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was a crass, crude kind of entry point into that conversation. I do apologise. You have worth. 
uh, and you're not worms. Uh, you're. I love you all. Oh, wor- 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 <laughs> to- worm, worms have worth too. And uh, anybody, yeah, exactly, who's, yeah. And anybody who was offended by that, have a think if every child with cognitive function is being fed in your country. And until they are, don't worry about what the fuck Pope is saying. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, a good. A good start to the show. Um, the the question I've got is probably going to be in a slightly different tangent. If that's okay, Pope, you you up for that? Um, yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, Because my question is actually partly inspired by we had Nick Helm on uh, a little while ago. He kind of asked an interesting question. uh, And my question is probably quite similar, which is, what the fuck is wrong with people? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with people, mate? Because I tell you what, Pope, right? I'm going to do my... And then you guys, listen, you you just have a thing. Tell me what you want to moan about. Who You don't have to name any names, just... Give someone you use <laughs> fucked you. What honestly? I'm, I've got a house that I live in with my wife and child. The child makes mess, so you know what happens. I need someone to clean it. I can't. I'm not. Even if I was good at cleaning, I don't really have the time. So I pay. Want to pay for a cleaner, right? As listeners who stick with the show will know, I asked to clean around. She was awful. I didn't continue to keep her services, right? I then get another cleaner. It turns out to be pretty fucking good, right? And unfortunately, there's been a family problem, illness, and she can't work here anymore. So I had to go back looking again. Obviously, I'm very sorry for that person, you know. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I couldn't believe what happened the other day, right? I asked, I found two numbers of two cleaners who could come around. Dane's face is like, I'm waiting, you know, because he knows I haven't told him this yet, but I've been waiting to tell him. I've been waiting to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> two cleaners to right two cleaners in two days come around and check out the house and then obviously one of you is going to come and clean my house right the first one turns up right she looks at me and she goes okay how are you here to clean up yeah she walks around that and literally walks into the house and the first thing she says to me is oh it's a bit dirty isn't it I was like what the <laughs> fuck do you think you're here for <laughs> What the fuck am I... What? Like, well, yes, yes. That's the point of this conversation. You're here to help me clean the house. So she walks around. I kind of... And listen, guys, people at home, you don't know me. I'm an, I'm nice. I'm really nice. I make. I go above and beyond. Maybe maybe that's too much, and that's what puts people off me times. But I try to be nice. I talk to people at checkouts. I'm nice. I show around... She's like, okay, sure. Um, well, this is my rate and blah, blah, blah. She leaves. <laughs> I sit down at my desk. I'm just like to text Tara and, and my wife and go, I don't think I found the right cleaner. The cleaner texts me to say to say that she's had a think about it and that she doesn't want to clean my house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she doesn't want to clean my house. <laughs> what does it look like we're doing here? What are we doing here? I'm not smearing shit on the floor, am I? It's just a few crumbs. Like oh my so god! The next one turns. Up. This gets worse. This this gets worse. This gets worse. The next one turns up the next day, right? And instantly, I'm like, "Well, this person's just so on the back foot." It's like I'm just like I, I'm just I'm like so desperate. Please make this work. Like, please make this work. Turns up, and there's just an all. Uh, you know, when someone's just like, 
I'm a bit uncomfortable here. Like, and that's fine. But I'm like, look, I just, you know, please come. So she's like, okay, you know what? I, I think this is a lot of work, but I'm happy to try and do it. I was like, oh, cool. Like, okay, so maybe you need to, you know, in like three or four weeks of cleaning, maybe we'll get it up to the standard that you expect, lovely lady. Um, she turns up a couple of days later, does the cleaning, and it looks lovely, right? Perfect, right? So I'm thinking, well, oh, sweet, we're we're all right here. And then, you know, it comes to the end. She's like, okay, payment. I was like, here you go. And I, I say to her, so... Um, and it's been a while since I've dated Pope, but I don't forget anything that goes on when you date, right? I say to her, um, so yeah, great. So it'd um, be lovely to see you next week. And she literally looks at me and goes, yeah. And then just walks out. Doesn't even <laughs> engage for a second. Just does the altar. Like I know when a woman's rejected me, it happened many, many times. <laughs> and she just walks, walks straight out and we've never heard from her again. Oh my God. So if anyone knows a... If anyone knows a fucking good cleaner, anyone, anyone who knows someone's actually a cleaner who can clean in the <laughs> so, Hertfordshire area, please get in contact. So, essentially, Pope, this is Howard's question. Why is it so hard to get good help nowadays to bring it? As I say, as I say, listen, what the fuck is wrong with some people? That's the question. What the fuck is wrong with people? It's so, it's so funny because it's like during a time where there's so much job instability and work yeah. is drying up left, right and centre and they still reject you when you're, you're going, here's some work, here's some I, work. I, and know, how would, I, feel like, I feel like, yeah, like Pope said, there's some, somewhere in a, in a coffee shop, like on across town, there are three people within the industry being like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, I'm a cleaner. I'm not an interior. If you saw this guy's house, I'm a cleaner. I'm not a fucking sanitation technician. Like, they were shooting the wall. Like, Howard, it sounds like this. Like, it sounds like Dylan is smearing feces on the walls. What the fuck is happening in your home? I've even gone as far to say to them, this wall where he eats, right? Don't worry about this wall. I make the same joke. I made the same joke three times now, which is, which is, we're going to sell this wall if he becomes a famous artist. Oh, <laughs> right. But you don't need to clean the wall. Clean the house. Like, the bathroom. Like, you know, anyway. So what the fuck is wrong with some people? Pope, what the fuck is... You can talk about anyone you like. Who, yeah. Who's wrong? No, yeah, I mean, it, I feel uh, like including the, the uh, producer of the show who apparently has a... <laughs> lives in squalor. is also <laughs> fair game. Lives in, lives in the fucking maze prison where they keep the IRA. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was built on an ancient Indian burial crack house, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my spidey senses are tingling for that. Uh, can't go back there. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Yeah, so like talking on the same fit. Okay, so I, I, I like what you were saying at the beginning. I kind of, uh, I, I like to think that I'm, you know, a, 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 not necessarily a good person, but someone who has like kind of a, a moral threshold or like moral intuition sort of understands mm-hmm. uh, uh, like uh, right and wrong, understands ethics and stuff. But I can go, you know, we, we all like to, uh, you know, we all like to be we all like to think that we're kind of involved in like social justice and all the, the, the kind of good stuff. And, and you we want to go above and beyond to kind of present that image to the world. But then I'm, so I, I, I get the problem is I'm a drug addict and any kind of spark of excitement, I'll like want to like grab it quickly, even though I was a very like hermetic, um, isolated drug user, but just anything that's like, like Oh look, it's going to make the day a bit more exciting. There's going to be a lot, a little bit of uplift. I'll kind of uh, grab onto it. So when I was working in the care home, uh, it was a very kind of multicultural workforce, which I really loved, but there was a lot of like a kind of ethical uh, friction and that down ethnic lines. Um, And there was always beef between at my particular home, like the Eastern European workers and then the English workers. But I tried to rise above it, uh, try and rise above the fray. Um, and then, but then I did say well, I overcompensated. So the work, the, 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 the remaining workers were talking about the, the kind of job instability they have. And they haven't got the same job protections as we had as, as English workers as are, oh, no, this is bullshit. And they're like, yeah, we, well, you know, we, we're taking every shift under the sun and we can barely pay rent and we, you know, we're grafting, we're striving and it's just not enough. And I was like, oh, like, I'm like, oh, this, I hate this injustice. I am going to write this wrong. I am going to be your salvation. Um, and I sort of started an impromptu flyering 
company. Uh, so I said, oh, look, I'm doing a couple of comedy nights in uh, South End. I can pay you to fly her if, if that's the sort of work you want to do. And they were like, oh, yeah, that'd be really great. It'd be really helpful. And I was like, oh, no, great. I can help other people ever. Um, but I just did this like off, off the cuff. I invented a flyering company in that moment without thinking about the monetary uh, you know, uh, need <laughs> of such a company or the logistics or any of it. But obviously, I still wanted to fulfill my promise to these people. So I ended up working extra shifts in the same care home that they're working to finance, <laughs> to finance the flyering company that I started by enlisting the carers from that home. <laughs> and so, like, literally, like, 90 but I was taking off extra shoes just to fund the flyering company and leaving myself, like, utterly broke. So, yeah, but How then, long did that last? It lasted, did that last? it lasted for about four months. Yeah, it lasted for about four months. Right. 90%, 90%, 90% of my earnings was going towards propping up like a Romanian family that I had. <laughs> like, I had no, Through I had a flyering no, company. Yeah, yeah. And we all were all on, like, on the same contract. We all worked the same, had the same yeah. money and the same hours and stuff. It's like, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I think that's, that was the only story. And also, what the fuck is wrong with people? Oh, mate, I get, I get annoyed at, I get annoyed at low. I'm very hateful at the moment, especially because of this become exacerbated because of lockdown. I just kind of get annoyed mm. at every, like people feel like they're too much. Then there's too much of them on Twitter. Like if they're trying to affect a kind of online persona or personality, trying to, uh, you know, cultivate a persona online. I think they, I think there's so much of you in you. Like in their Twitter or, mm. or like there's so much of them. It's a tricky one that, isn't time. it? Because you, 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 I find myself in scenarios there where I like people, right? So yeah. I, I do like them. And I therefore don't want to take what, you know, but I had a scenario, look, if she's listening to this episode of the show, I, you know, I, I think she maybe does sometimes, like apologies that I'm bringing this. But when I saw her, oh, this was quite rare. When I saw her, I said, oh, hey, how are you? Well, I know you've been eating for the last three months because you put it online every day. And obviously that sounded like a burn to everyone. But I was just, I was just commenting on the fact that you put, she puts everything up online that she eats, which I don't, I don't hate her for it. I just... I just thought it was the obvious comment to make because I've, that's all I know about your last three months since I've seen you. So It's just when you're kind of stuck with it um, all the time, like we all are with each other within, uh, mm. within uh, the online realm, uh, it's I don't know, it just it kind of it's, it gets to me. I, I just, mm. I'm just sick of, I'm just sick of life. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's just, yeah, yeah. Good, good. We got to the end. We got to the point there. Uh, Dane, 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 what, Dane, what the fuck is wrong with people, Dane? I think, what, what, what I think you, you didn't think this is the case, Howard, but the, both the question, your question is very much linked to Pope's original question. I think what's wrong with people is that they forget that they are people. And a lot of the time people act as if they are only being guided by nothing other than their instincts and uh, not considering the part of them that makes them a person, which is the consideration of other people. So... Um, in terms of social media, Pope, I think that's uh, one of the problems about social media is that because obviously it is the uh, uh, culmination of artificial intelligence and the height of technology, algorithms and the like, is that by do having that be the uh, guiding, uh, even though it's people's minds that guide social media, it's a artificial brain that uh, facilitates all of these minds to be able to express themselves on social media. And I say that because <clears throat> if a computer is the brain on social media in the form of the servers and the apps, it means that we don't have to rely on our own, which allows for us to do stuff on the internet like post articles that piss us off without being able to read the details of them or fall for clickbait. It's because we have uh, outsourced the cognitive function to something else, which is uh, the brain operating social media. Like we can wade into a conversation or a thread about an event that's taking place that we've not even seen because that's being facilitated by somebody else. So what's wrong with people is that, I guess, the uh, artificial intelligence... There you go. Why am I taking so long to say it? The re what's wrong with people is that they have given... They are allowing an artificial intelligence to replace their intelligence. So, yeah. So it, what a good observation. So if people are doing it outside, you're able to say... Because that's the thing. You can say stuff without any factual basis. And because the remit is of the artificial intelligence to present these facts to you or display them for you and facilitate you having a conversation with someone who may be a detractor from your narrative you don't have to do the work yourself anymore 
Well, I think in in conclusion, there's a fucking lot wrong with people. Um, and uh, is, this, is, is this the main because they stop acting like people? Because you know, it's like I said. Yeah. I look at look at it another way. Is that if you've ever seen a crossroads when a traffic light system is not working compared to when it is working, people behave very differently. You, if you know that if I edge out, irrespective of what these lights say, that I risk being hit by somebody, you'll drive very differently. Whereas if you are a bus driver and you can run a red light and you've got fleet insurance and you know that you're most you're less likely to have your car being damaged and also you're not public you're not personally liable for it, then you drive very differently to someone in the same way that like when you're a sole trader and you run a business, you run a business differently and you may have to apportion a certain level of morals and ethics and business and corporate responsibility because if you don't, you have what's called unlimited liability for your actions. Whereas if you can hide within a, a PLC or as a board of directors and you become part of legal fiction then you will conduct yourself. In a, so, for example, if I run the lemonade stand and the lemonade kills somebody, I know I'm going to be in trouble. Whereas if a bit of benzene goes into a bottle of Perrier water and poisons somebody, it's not the Dame Baptiste company, it's Perrier. So I can hide behind this legal fiction and not act like a person. So the main problem, what the fuck is wrong with people, Howard, is that they're not behaving like people. Well. Yeah, I think that's it. It's 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 just sorry, just to just really quick on that. I think yeah, I, that's really fascinating, really um great answer, Dane. And I think what you're saying about it's kind of distilling life down to that that the, the sort of the gamification of like the 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 dopamine re-up, like the dopamine yeah. re-up, that uh, the reuptake of dopamine which you get from you know like as we know these these uh, uh, uh twitter and stuff like that they're actually they were engineered to, to kind of play into that it's that addictive cycle and it is and then when when it becomes all about that dopamine procurance or reuptake of dopamine or whatever it is like everything is distilled down to like a worm's cerebral ganglia which it has like the bundle of nerve cells in his head that acts as a substitute brain of just that everything just becomes that that reward cycle and like you said it's stripped away of, of humanity of, of empathy of, of everything else that kind of gives uh, uh, life a, a profundity of meaning um, mm-hmm. it all just becomes that addictive drive which as i know like you know it's a really damaging and detrimental to everyone's health and i think there'll be long-term consequences to this uh which we're only sadly for the uh listeners we're gonna have to move on to the next question uh but that was a a a joyous um cavalcade of myriad of interesting elements to what i thought was just me moaning about my cleaner but um it turned into all sorts so um so over to dane for the final question of today's show um obviously pope you have extensive experience working with people with uh various different uh maybe cognitive uh, function or uh, disabilities, uh, which are sometimes as a function of, pre- uh, of trauma or uh, genetic predisposition, but also through old age. Now, I feel like one of the most, uh, I guess, one of the best epiphanies I've kind of had, um, and I get, or oh, one of the most uh, accurate affirmations I've heard in life here is that the creative or the successful artist or creative is a person who in a child survived. And I say that because I feel like the person, what allows me to function in this world now and enjoy my job and my line of work and what I do for a career is that I can remember who I was 20 plus years ago. And I am like still the same person and the same coping mechanisms and the same drives and aspirations. I'd say the same emotional aspirations are still the same ones I had when I was younger. And I would like to think that I still maintain the same, you know, I suppose, wonderlust and all the other stuff I have now when I'm in another 30 or 40 years. And I want to say, ask you from your observation, what can or tends to happen most commonly to the human mind, body, soul, or spirit, depending on how you want to interpret it, with old age? Because I feel like we live in a highly aged society nowadays where people find it hard to even conceptualize that somebody who's 80 years old has dreams, daydreams, has imagination, can fantasize, can role play, could, can present an, a heightened version of self, um, you know, goofs off, has jokes, has fantasies. And um, I'm wondering if we can challenge that perception with this question. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like my, the, my driving mission in life is other than the usual kind of uh, stuff we do for, 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 as a matter of self-interest. Um, I, you know, I want to enhance my visibility or public profile, however, to also give this uh, th- th- these questions a um, uh, platform. And I think it's so. It's like when you go into these environments, and I think it's a natural reaction. Uh, what we're talking about personhood is it, 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 you kind of you go into these environments and see people acting in maybe slightly aberrant ways, um, and it looks like a you know a room full of broken toys or something. It's very you do had that dehumanizing process. Um, so I just want to say, first of all, if people feel that, like, don't feel guilty for that reaction. Obviously, like, that's that's an, a, a, a kind of a, a, an instantaneous reaction, but then you you move beyond that. And I've kind of felt like we've we it's it's so oh, it's so it, I'm trying to like kind of I'm trying to bring it down into like one specific thing, so I could talk about like all the different avenues of of, of this question. Um, it's I, whenever I'm at work, I like I I think it's very possible to try and help people, uh, mm. you know, get, get reacquainted with their their ludic selves and their sort of young. Like you said, it's something that we have yeah. uh, automatically in childhood, and that gradually corrodes over time or whatever um i think people i honestly think there should be like a state mandated uh, volunteerism or, or something where yeah, people actually go into go into yeah. care homes yeah. or any kind of social care environments and they're kind of yeah absolutely you know, have because i a lot of it is like um is uh is where it's like kind of it's it becomes marginalia it's kind of brushed to the the the, the margins of society and uh, out of sight, out of mind. And when I don't, when I go in, it's this person-centered care. So we always try and make sure there's not a uniform, institutionalized approach to how to deal with everyone. It's not like like everyone's got to get up at this time or uh, uh, eat this food or like it, it. Even though routine can be important, um, it's also to to understand the person behind the illness. So they're not just that type of dementia they're also you know vera and i mean the 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 best way to do that is to just is to don't don't try and like don't try and restrict any behaviors even if there's like behaviors as long as they're not putting themselves or others uh in harm's way or putting themselves at risk but like allow them to uh, allow them to kind of um uh, allow them to look at kind of uh, uh, present themselves in uh, in, a, in a kind of a very as much of a variegated multiform way as any human being uh, would present themselves so don't uh, like you know if they don't try and make it like oh it's got to be upbeat all the time it's got to be upbeat mm. we're all happy it's happier nights these are your friends and if one of them's going i i want to die and they ain't my fucking friends go like <laughs> yeah well, let's, let's let's explore that for a moment vera you know yeah. like I, I and i would just i would i would have that kind of relationship with them where i wouldn't be uh i wouldn't try and make it sanitized i wouldn't try and mm. make it like like sentimental and like everything upbeat all the time i would just kind of like knock about of them as 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 human beings right and like talk to them like one bloke told me about the time during the war where his mate melted against the ship against the side of the battleship because of a bomb was dropped he saw his mate literally melt like ice cream on the ship very traumatic uh he mm. told me that like at, um it was unsolicited like he just came out of that very kind of traumatic episode in his life and for whatever reason because i was always really good at it just like fostering a, a kind of um a uh an, an intimate trusting relationship with these people because that's all they were they were the, the people um yeah. and i i think i'll just i think yeah i i think also when it comes to it's particularly hard when it's your family member and say your mum or your dad and they are a changed version of the mum and the dad that you used to know and you kind of have to r- relinquish this idea mm. of what you had of your mum and dad and so like you might no longer factor into your mum's reality as a son but they'll see that you're a comforting presence and they kind of know you vaguely um 
but yeah. don't try and kind of reinforce your idea uh, of reality yeah. that you're putting that onto them. Kind of allow so, them so to, to like. Again, sorry to cut you again, Pope. In those instances, That's right. because because again, I think you're really describing what you referred to earlier on is that as cognitive functions begin to maybe uh, um, decrease or decline in some uh, people, then yeah. Like I said, it maybe comes down to the remnants of synaptic links and ganglion nerve clusters, or and like I said, is there a way? I mean, is there is there a way people should prepare to understand, or is there a, uh, is there an explanation that exists for like where you might it might be a parent who doesn't know who you are, but like you said, sees you as a comforting figure or someone they can confide in? Is do is that is that attributed to remnants of memories? that have helped to form these cognitive and nervous functions or is it just like, you know, the natural instinct that like you are a comfort and a caregiver. This person's like a child again and they don't really give a fuck who you are, but you're good to them and you're nice and you satisfy that certain need of their gratification. And is that how it works? Just because I think it's very useful. Yeah. So it's because there is really only a slightly complex answer, which I know is annoying, Mm. but it's person centered care. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's a bit trial and error. It's a bit trial and error. And because there's lots of different types of dementia, dementia is just like a symptom of a pre-existing illness. And it depends which parts of the brain it it like kind of attacks uh, and shuts down. So it is just through trial and error, getting to know what works well for different people, understanding the person behind the illness. And like, so if one person, you can see that them being coddled or you being quite tactile is uh, a comfort to them and seems to work, great. If you've got another person who's like, I don't want your cuddling bollocks, like I don't want this or whatever, then then you you respect that and you you like they've set them, demarcated those boundaries and respect that. So, and there is per, it's trial and error it's just trying different things with different people getting to know them uh, as a human being and not just as like one uniform illness and um like and it can be hard as well because they may occupy three different t- like timelines simultaneously like in one moment so like and a woman like her husband was alive and dead in one moment like she knew he was alive but you knew he was dead, but he was also alive. And it's it can be hard to try and navigate your way through that. It's um uh but yeah, it's just it's allowed why as, as like a really click just stay consistent with their version of reality. So whatever they're giving you in that moment, whatever reality they're experiencing, and uh, just stay rather than be uh, uh, um, providing a corrective rather than yeah, yeah, reality yeah. Re- rather than reality reorientation which is what used to be in kind of vogue in the 80s where you would mm. say no like your husband's dead very dead don't be stupid he's dead yeah you're just going to cause another trauma anyway and that can lead to more degenerative issues or yeah someone will end up yeah, yeah. having the then you, you add a neurotic neuroses to that disorder as well exactly yeah. it just becomes so disorientating like imagine someone you know, just coming out and telling you your reality. Well, I mean, is wrong. that's what I'm saying. Is it's interesting because there's some people out here. If we, do, if you tell them they're not funny, they're having a breakdown. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, it's, it's that's a way of looking at it. It's like if it's, you know, it's kind of like we we. I know we we put it all the way down to like obviously these are the diagnosis. This is like versions of dementia and other degenerative issues. But you know, I'm taking a risk now, Howard. But then you could argue that same uh, dissonance or that same, or is it, because it's about the same token, is is telling somebody your husband's dead, is that like, are you mortality shaming somebody? Because if you said, actually, you're fat, that's fat shaming, right? But, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's a, it's also, it's a subjective truth. And then going back to what you said before, your definition of life or death, if someone's husband was like an organ donor and their organ is functioning in someone else's body, are they technically dead? Yeah, so, well, that's exactly. That, I think that that talks to like the kind of deconstructionist and uh, um, uh, innate slipperiness of reality, which I believe exactly. anyway. I don't believe in. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe in abs- absolute truth or kind mm-hmm. of concrete reality, which is maybe why why I'm more receptive as a carer to the, the, these kinds of ideas of the slipperiness of mm-hmm. truth and reality, because I can understand that it, it it for us, not just for people with dementia. Yeah, of course. For us, but if you watch, it, if, you watch it, it, if you watch your friend get melted to a ship you might create a whole new personality that doesn't remember that shit just so you don't have a nervous breakdown or want to commit suicide from the sorrow. 
Mm. You might. Who, you and who might, are we to say? Who are we to say that's not the right move? Eh? Exactly. I mean, this is, just, this is, that's what I'm saying is that there should be a field of study to go over the variance and the range of moves that are available. Like, I think it's very interesting the part you said about the, the uh, com- not com- maybe not community service, but almost I think as a a uh, scientific field in, or like we have social studies. Is there not an interpersonal study as a part of you know the human academic curriculum where you should spend time around an older person and a younger person, or those two people or those two generations should regularly interact to give various perspectives of life or dealing with certain issues of an esoteric nature? Because you know people need to understand that that you know a consciousness is not something that is tempered or limited by our understanding of linear time. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. about it too. You- when when this, when this story really hits for me is, uh, is I always think when I'm listening to music, I think it's so interesting. Music, it's such a powerful thing. And if you said to me now, uh, like, is Little Richard dead? Yeah, no, not really. Is that's what I'm saying. Is is all these people they use treatment a lot of time with dementia? Like yeah. they play people music and they will sit, appear despondent. But when they hear music from a particular time, they're like, oh, I remember exactly where I was when I heard this. Well, it's a because very powerful it's the ev- thing. The, that evocation of emotion is not limited to time. Like, if you remember your parent being abusive when you were six, if you're 76, you ain't going to forget how that feels because these don't elicit, because like, you, like Pope said, reality all stems from the secretion of chemicals within your brain. So if that's the case, it means it's no more real then than it was, then it is no more real now than it was then and vice versa. So, you know, which is a part of why you understand why people, how drugs work and stuff like that as well, is that people aren't chasing the physical gratification or people aren't considering the, uh, uh, the gravity of, I don't know, you know, damaging their body because I'm not chasing something that's physical. Yeah. I'm not returning to a state that involves the stimulation of, the basic stimulation of, you know, physical things of like my synapses being stimulated by touches and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's an amazing subject and it's been an amazing episode to cover so much ground. I think, I feel like Pope, you need to come back on next week and we're just going to do another one because we, we're going to do the same questions you. again and try and work out what we didn't have time to cover in each question apart from my cleaning. Yeah. Which is Absolutely. Yeah. But that being said, Luckily for uh, ourselves and everyone who's listening, Pope has wrote, written a book with effect to uh, all that we've discussed. Uh, so, Pope, could you please tell everybody the outlets from which they can find this amazing book? Yeah, so it's uh, called I'll Die After Bingo, The Elderly and Me, uh, published by Penguin Books, Penguin Ebury, and you can get it. I would recommend pre-ordering it at independent books uh, bookstores but then also you know the the, the kind of monoliths like uh, amazon and, and and just you know the, the more medium scale ones like waterstones just wherever you get your books pre-order i'll, I'll die after bingo and yeah it's a co- comic memoir um about like it's got that stuff to do with, like comedy in there like drug addiction uh but with you know the, the primary focus being like care homes and elder care and it's uh yeah i mean that looks so, but those people said it's like the people who have read it so far have said like it's like low like like hilarious laugh out loud moments they said but it's, you can also be quite very brutal humor in places uh, but then they said there is also a tenderness of feeling um and a, a delicacy of feeling as well like it's not all just you know really really harsh realities there is also the the, the intimate relationships i had with these elders which were you know you're right on the, you're right on the threshold of the most profound questions you can imagine in these spaces which is why you know people want to avoid them which always blows my mind because you're, yeah, you're really tapping into something there in those spaces which well that's I the thing we being old old age is always looking they were looking that's staring right at you you're getting very close to the wall that is your own mortality in it and people that they no one's getting to the end of the rabbit hole basically either way exactly just to say Pope I mean I, I, you know I know you and a lot of people know you in comedy I'm sure Dane would testify everyone's as fucking proud and pleased for you as possible with this book oh, mate. Like, absolutely oh, yeah exactly God. man that's so fucking kind honestly that's uh, oh mate it made me well up Uh, that's really kind of you thank you so much we know we we all know your story we all know your story and that's what I'm saying look look, and you when we talk about the emotion that is like that it conjures because you remember where you were then and where you were now and come a long way man 
we love yeah. we love to see it both yeah. genuinely man yeah. and uh come back on the show again clearly come back we've barely you know we've barely done the, the show so we need to do it again but thanks mate thanks it's been, so it's been great it's been amazing oh, it's been a pleasure thanks so much guys thank you you've been listening to Dane Baptiste questions everything hosted by Dane Baptiste for more from Dane go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBapTweets or Instagram at DaneSnapTeaste. Our guest was Pope Lonergan. You can follow Pope on Twitter at Pope Lonergan or on Instagram at PlugPope. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at WeAreAudioCulture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks to Polly, Gelly and the ACAST team for all their support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.